Welcome back to Voice Hugs, a podcast on becoming your best self and embracing all seasons of life with open arms. This is your host, Rowena and Vivian. Hi, everyone. Hello, hello. Okay, so today, let's just jump straight into it. Let's talk about love. Let's talk about relationships. Let's go through some questions that you guys sent in. I'm very excited because I feel like the past few episodes have been more reflective and deeper, maybe like, you know, even boring, a bit more intense. So (laughs) I think Viv and I are actually both really excited to go through these questions with you guys. And um, yeah, let's talk about Lerv. Lerv. Lerv, Lerv. What are your thoughts of Lerv, Viv? Straight (laughs) off the bat. (laughs) All right. So thank you for your submissions. We'll go ahead and start. Straight up (laughs) swerve that question. We're keeping this in. So, <laughs> how should we start? Just start? Just go. Yeah. All right. First question. Do you think guys or girls should make the first move? What do you think, Ben? I don't think it matters. Yeah, I, I don't think, really think that it, it just depends on your preference. It doesn't really matter if you're a guy or a girl. I think if you want to make the first move, you should do it. There's no wrong or right here. What yeah. do you think? I think – when I was younger, my view on relationships and myself and just the world has like obviously shifted a lot from when I was younger. And I feel like big picture, it doesn't really matter. I'm the type of person who if I want something, I'll like go after it. And I would say before it would be a lot more direct. While as opposed to now that I'm older, getting in touch with my culture and like, you know, learning about traditional Chinese culture and all of that. I feel like there's still value in allowing the guys to be the guys, allowing us as the girls to be our girls. Not that we need to stay in our lanes, but that I feel like there's a role for both a guy and a girl within this dynamic. It's kind of like the principle of yin and yang or yin and yang where you need a masculine and a feminine and they need to balance each other out for there to be harmony. From that perspective, it's like I would personally prefer the guy to make the first move, but I will make it known. I will give you permission to like make the first move, you know? That's exactly what I was (laughs) going to say. I have never made the first move, but I always say that I've let them make the first move Mm. because if I'm interested in someone, then I will myself be more open, more willing, will kind of leave the door open for them to you know ask me out things like that i'll i'll respond faster to their text messages but going to the question i don't think it matters but for me personally i like it when they make the first what is the first move is the first move like hey (laughs) or is it just like hey let's grab coffee right because i think if it's if the first move is like a physical first move then i'm like oh like that's more like we can talk about that but I feel like if you're asking someone out for coffee or to like grab a meal it can be very harmless yeah and they could eventually turn into a friend or they can turn into romantic interest but I feel like yeah if it's if you just want to get to know someone just go like yo hi I will say we should hang out sometime and then I'll let them Mm. plan the date Mm -hmm. and then I think that's when I can kind of figure out okay are they interested or are they not interested but I'll leave that door open again like I would not normally say that otherwise. Leave the door open. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Question number two. What advice do you have for long-distance relationships? I think this one's for you. Right. Um, I think the most important thing – well, there's two things, but I think they're kind of one and the same. I would say communication is really, really, really important. 
being on the same page of your schedule so you know when you guys will be able to talk to each other on the phone or on FaceTime and even when's the next time you'll see each other. It's hard living in the unknown. It's hard being like, I miss you and I don't know when I'm going to see you. I think that's probably like the worst place to be. (laughs) It's not that dramatic, but it's like that's like the place where it's the hardest. But if you're like, okay, I miss you, but I know I'm going to see you in a month or two months. Or when you have an end date in mind, you can kind of work your way towards that together. I think that's really helpful. And then the second part of that is setting agreements with each other versus having expectations for each other. Because I think Mm. disappointments happen when your expectations aren't met. But more often than not, you're not communicating your expectations. You're just like, I'm thinking this in my head. You need to read my mind. And if you don't read my mind, I'm mad at you. (laughs) Which is like, yeah, it's like it's not not a good place to be for either parties. And I think this can go beyond long-distance relationships too. Regardless if it's in a long-distance relationship or not, just being able to be on the same page to be able to openly communicate and over communicate sometimes about these like things that you might be like, oh, it's fine. We'll figure it out. Don't figure it out later. Figure out now. If you have questions, ask now so that like everything's on the table yeah. and you won't think back or like come back to this week. Oh my God, you didn't do this or like I didn't do that and all of that. Over communication is key. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's also nice too when you're in a long distance relationship knowing the next time you're going to see each other because you have something to look forward to and then it makes that time together so special you're spending that quality time together one thing that i was told a while ago is that every couple should go through a long distance relationship at some point in their life because it's a true test to your mental and emotional connection versus Mm -hmm. when you are physically near each other. When you're physically near each other, it's very easy to get distracted. And when I say physical, I'm not even talking about intimacy. I'm talking about going on dates or coming over because you're 10 minutes away from each other. It's very easy. And that commitment is very different than when you're in a long distance relationship. It goes back to You have to be on the same page, committing to communicating a certain way, coming up with those agreements together, planning short-term and long-term things in your life together. So that is our advice. (laughs) Great advice. (laughs) Okay, getting over your first love, ex-fiance and or soulmate. Viv? Time will heal all. And when you first go through any breakup, regardless of it being your first love, ex-fiance, soulmate, it could just be, you know, your last boyfriend or someone you were seeing for a couple of months. The feelings in the beginning are very intense, especially if it was a very special relationship to you. Remembering that those feelings come in waves and it's okay to embrace it, especially in the beginning, it's totally fine to sulk in bed for weeks. But then knowing that that's not going to be forever and you do at some point need to get yourself out of that period, it's finding this balance between grieving a loss of a best friend, but then also knowing that this is an opportunity now where you are in a new chapter. You can never go back to the person that you were because this person is no longer present in your life. So it's a time to rebuild yourself and grow, learn from the experience and reflect on the good and the bad because it's so easy, especially during a breakup where 
I know for me, I'm always thinking about the good times. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no, like we have to get back together. It was so good. It's not until a couple of months have passed where I'm able to think straight and think, you know what? I actually wasn't that happy. <laughs> this person actually wasn't meeting my needs. And it takes time to get to know yourself again and reflect on those things to get to that point and appreciate the relationship, that chapter for what it is, but also feeling so much freer, happier, wholer once you get to a good place. I love that. As you're saying, I was thinking in my head, it's like grieving a loss. Mm-hmm. And you just said it. <laughs> I've shared this before where it's so strange to think about saying this again, but losing my brother was actually so much quote unquote, easier than losing an ex. Mm-hmm. When someone passes away, of course it sucks. Like you, you don't want anyone in your life to pass away. But like when that happens, I'm able to logic myself and be like, okay, well, like they're not coming back. Mm-hmm. It's quote unquote easier for me because it's like, okay, that person isn't here. So no matter what I do, no matter how hard I cry, no matter how much I fight, protest, anything, nothing's going to bring this person back. So I'm like a little bit grateful that I can be kind of logical with my feelings. It's like, okay, well, if that's the case, then how can I move forward? Mm -hmm. That expedited the process. Like this happened and then what? Versus with an ex, it's like, okay, this happened. This person is still alive. Mm -hmm. He's here somewhere. I'll probably run into him. We could get back together if I really wanted to or like, you know, if we tried. And I think is that what if, that push and pull, that tug of this like, potential possibility either now or in the future that really eats away at you. So I think it's also coming to terms with the situation, really embracing it and acknowledging it for what it is. Any relationship, whether it's one that's ended or whether one that's still happening or whether one that you don't know what direction is heading it, it's like the unknown is what causes the most suffering and pain within us because we're just constantly like, God, is this it? Is that it? And we're just living so much in our head that it makes us anxious. We can't eat. Like all these things happen. But if we're able to take a step back and really be like, okay, what happened? Why did it happen? Was it actually a good thing or a bad thing that it happened? And being able to kind of work your way through this. And of course, like all of this takes time and like give it the time that it needs. But I think if we're able to take a step back and see it for what it is, more often than not, we'll be like, okay, well, like I'm a strong capable, wonderful, beautiful person. It's the universe helping make me stronger. With the universe, like people are meant to come into your life. Some people are meant to stay. I know you've said this before. Some people are only meant to stay for a certain time to like teach you something. And maybe you've already learned that lesson or you had to go through this breakup to learn something else about yourself. But there is always something to be learned. And I think with that kind of mindset, you will always gain something from that experience, whether it was a messy, bad breakup or if it was a very cordial, respectful breakup. There's always something that you can gain and learn and grow from. Agree. Alrighty. Do you think people can change when they love someone? Do you think a partner can change while in a relationship? I like to believe that. I like to believe that because of love and when I think of love, it's less of this passionate, fiery love, which is like, you know, it it could be. But the love that I'm talking about is more like deep commitment and compassion and kindness and this 
willingness to work on things together and more more along the lines of I want to say loyalty and honor. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is an that's honor. not what I mean. Um, I've just been thinking about Mr. Sunshine the K drama because I was introducing it to a friend. So like maybe not as deep as loyalty and honor, but with that kind of love, the more all encompassing, benevolent, compassionate love, I think you can. Yeah. Do I think a partner can change while in a relationship? I'd like to believe that people can, but I also know the more logical, rational way to think of things is like people aren't going to change unless they want to change. Yeah. To date someone for the potential or for like this idea that they may eventually change for you, I think it can be dangerous, but that doesn't mean people can't change. I think people can change. It just, it's up to them. Yeah. No matter how much and how hard you want them to change, like... They probably won't until they really, really feel it from the depths of their soul that they want to change. I definitely think the change has to come from within. So if you're waiting for someone to change because now you guys are in a relationship, I don't think you should bank on that. Something to remember when you are in a relationship is that your actions and your behaviors impacts this person now because you two are a unit and your lives are intertwined. So everything that you do, you now have to consider this other person. It's up to you whether or not you are going to compromise your old habits of being single, being independent, doing things for yourself, and now compromise with someone, have those conversations and change and grow together. I think that's the only way. If you don't change then the other person has to do more of that work you know and it's not you both have to change together it's kind of like meeting each other halfway Halfway. at least like close to halfway yeah right what's the best relationship advice that someone has ever given you the best relationship advice that someone has ever given to me was rowena size youtube video (laughs) (laughs) it was two mediocre companies cannot come together and make a great company. Yes. I think that has been said to me in different ways, but Mm -hmm. that line has stuck. You don't have to be the perfect version of yourself to enter a new relationship, but you have to be working on you and loving yourself in order to show up in other pockets in your life, whether it's being a daughter or a friend or a girlfriend. Spending time to invest in yourself is not selfish. I know I grew up thinking that it was selfish, especially in, I think, Asian culture. There's this idea of sacrificial love. The more you Mm -hmm. sacrifice, the more you love. But with that comes blurred boundaries. And without those clear boundaries, it's hard then to figure out when can I give appropriately? How can I give appropriately? And how can I love someone fully for who they are without burning out or feeling resentment, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you, Rowena Sai. Thank you, Jim Collins. That's actually from a business book called Good to Great. And I think that's also the best relationship I've ever gotten. Why? Everything Viv just said. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to the next question. I've caught feelings for a close friend. Now what? Make a move and risk not having that person in my life at all. This is juicy. Okay, what do you think? I'm a huge believer in going after what you want. And it's like if you never try, you would never know. But I also feel like it can get tricky. It can get a little messy. It's just something that I've never personally gone through in terms of like having a close guy friend who I also like and I don't want to mess up that relationship. I know it happens around me yeah. and I've heard it happen a lot, but it's just I've, it's never really happened to me. 
I think it depends on how close you are yeah. with that friend because if someone has caught feelings for me and they want to make a move on me but they are afraid that they're not going to have me in my in their life at all I think if they're actually my close friend I wouldn't shun them out yeah. like just because someone shared their feelings towards me I would embrace it and appreciate it and if I felt something more awesome like you can then start something new. But if you don't feel anything, if this person is actually your close friend, they're not going to just kick you out of their life, right? Would they? <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of like, because everything that you're saying now, I haven't watched this movie, but Fell, my beauty within work wife, was like, you should watch When Harry Meets Sally. Because mm. I'm starting to get into like early 2000s rom-coms. Mm-hmm. And the question is, do you think a guy and a girl can be just friends? Mm-hmm. This is kind of a great classic example of just two people hanging out and then you're like, oh my God, right? Do you think guys and girls can just be friends? I do. Yeah, I think I do too. I do. And I think it will all be dependent on the type of friendship you have yeah. and the type of romantic relationship you guys are both in. Yeah. I but think I, it's too – yeah. I can't just say a flat-out no. Yeah. No, but I also feel like some guy friends in your life, it's like you can have a little bit of interest, which is kind of like what brought you two together in the first place, even if in a, if it's in a platonic way. Mm-hmm. But to answer the question, yeah. How would you how would you wrap up this question? I would say go for it because if they're yeah. really your close friend, you're not going to risk not At having – this day and age, yeah, I think they'd understand. Yeah. If they're emotionally relatively mature. <laughs> sure and they love you they'll appreciate that yeah and if anything maybe they'll work through it with you (laughs) (laughs) okay is it ever too late to say i love you never we are hopeless romantics we are agreeing on all of these questions yeah i don't think it's too late to say i love you especially something like that you must feel very strong intense feelings for someone yeah i feel like you know as you guys know i'm a huge believer I'm a huge believer in many of these things that are associated with love to just be honest with yourself and to be real and authentic you know like not being afraid to be who you are even if that is telling people how you truly feel as Viv said if you feel it that strongly even if you may have think you missed the timing maybe you may have think of like oh my god how's this person going to respond to be able to be that vulnerable takes so much courage And whether or not the person loves you back in the way that they do, a part of them will appreciate that vulnerability, even if it's like 10 years from now, right? But I think just having the courage to do something like that should come from a good place. The only part where it gets tricky is like if there's ulterior motives mixed in, that's a completely whole other story. But if it's like genuine, pure, like, hey, I just need you to know this, there's no strings attached. (laughs) I just need you to know. Then I think like, yeah. Why not? Yeah, I was going to add that. If you have other expectations behind the I love you, you should probably revisit that Mm. (laughs) internally. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you saying I love you, right? Or why do you need to let this person know? Mm -hmm. Next question. Is anyone ever too good or not good enough for someone else? What are your initial thoughts? When you write, when you read that, what was your answer? My initial thought is I don't like this question (laughs) because I think – Being too good or not good enough is very dependent on what each individual values. So for example, every individual has different values and you prioritize these values differently based on 
your needs or how you were brought up, whatever that might be. And I think it's too hard to, I don't think it's fair to judge someone. I guess if you're judging someone within the context of your relationship, you should probably reevaluate what your values are versus if you're looking at someone else's relationship and you're judging the couple and you're like oh no this person's way too good for that person that's only based on your judgment of whatever value that is whether it's appearance looks kindness whatever that is for you but when you actually are in a relationship there's so many layers and components to it that I don't think it's fair for anyone to judge your relationship or like for you to judge someone else's relationship because you don't actually know what's happening behind closed doors it might appear a certain way and it might seem like this person is better than the other again based on your own values (laughs) but that's not always the case inside the relationship their needs might be different than yours and so they found someone that makes them happy in their own unique way my first gut reaction is like, no, like, is anyone ever too good or not good at a friend? It was like, no, to transcend that answer. <laughs> I just like perked up <laughs> to transcend that. It's like, if I'm thinking about karmic relationship, right? I think like if you are somewhat spiritual and you believe in past lives and all of that, having connections with people across different lifetimes, you never know why two people meet. Just like how me and you, Viv, like, I'm not, what did we do in our past lives for us to be this close in this life? I don't know. And it's the same with romantic relationships too. You don't know what type of relationships you had in your past in your own life. So you obviously don't know what's happening in other people's lives, right? So for two people to be together, on the surface, it may not make any sense. In the relationship, it might also not make any sense. Maybe they're meant to be together. Yeah. And it's just something that was written. For to, this question is just like, yeah, just like focus on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> focus on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and if you think you're too good for your partner, then they probably don't meet your needs. Yeah. Is your first love overrated? Is your quote, first love, overrated? Is it overrated? I don't know if it's overrated, but I feel like you're so young for most of us. Like mine was in end of high school, beginning of college. You're so young that you don't, A, you don't know yourself. B, you don't know how to communicate. C, there's like raging hormones that are making you feel these strange feelings you've never felt and making you feel like anger and passion and all of these things that I think is just... It's a literal recipe for disaster. Yeah. So, I mean, this is not the case for everyone, right? I'm mostly reflecting on like my first relationship and those close friends around me. There's definitely exceptions. I have friends who've met their first love and married them, which I think is a beautiful thing. Is it overrated? It can be. It can also be a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it really depends. I think when I think of first love, there's a lot of you like your first time doing everything, the first time you're feeling all of these things, the first time you've fallen in love with someone, right? And so I think that still remains special. But at the end of the day, it's just another relationship. And because it's the first one, things are more intense, things are messy, they can be toxic. It's just another experience that's part of this new relationship journey that you have in your life. Beautiful. 2021, Instagram trend of quote-unquote soft-launching a partner, basically posting Instagram stories without showing their face. I mean, I think like the way that I'm approaching this is more from, I've gone through some stuff being in the public eye. It's nothing too crazy, but like some guy showed up at my place who like I went to high school with. It was weird. It was weird. So I think just you grow up, 
thinking, oh, you know, you hear all these crazy stories, privacy breaches or whatever, and like people crossing the line, you're like, oh, it's never going to happen to me. And then it happens to you and you're like, okay, well, like I would never want something like this to happen to the people I love. So the way that I approach it is if you really want to figure out who my boyfriend is, like he's on my YouTube channel. I know how nosy people can be because I can be very nosy. I don't want to put them through that. But then I know other people, it's like, they want to be mysterious and like hide their partners and like, you know, like whatever your intentions are, I think just do what you want to do. Like it's it's fine. If it makes you happy to show their face, show their face. If you want to hide their face behind an emoji, do that. So you just own. It sounds like for you, there's a security and safety aspect in your decision (laughs) to... I'm getting old. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, and I think the reasoning behind soft launching a partner or, you know, not revealing their identity, again, to each their own, I would probably go about this way. But that comes from my own past of falling into over identifying with my relationship status. So in the past, I feel like the relationships that I've been in, I would post it on social media and things like that. And there was a lot of positive feedback, or at least whatever I received, it felt like attention and it felt like approval. And now that I'm older and now that that no longer is something that I value at all, I don't see the need to share these private parts of my life on Instagram as much. So that's just my own personal take on this. Like, sure, you don't have to reveal them. And I think another thing is like, especially when you're young and you're going through like multiple relationships, if you go through multiple relationships, (laughs) putting them on social media feels a little bit like a commitment. And then when the breakup happens, you have to go through this entire process of removing them off of that. What does that feel like for you? Them deleting your photos. And I did not enjoy that at Mm -hmm. all. So those are my thoughts. Protect yourself. Protect your heart. Yes. Do you think it's necessary for a couple to have the same love languages? No, but I do think it makes it easier. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. That's the point of love languages where you learn how to love your partner based off of how they desire, like how they want to be loved. Yeah. Just hearing myself say that, it may be like, oh my God, loving someone based off of how they want to be loved. Like, wow. Like, it's not that crazy, right? It's like doing little things, Mm -hmm. taking out the trash for acts of service, planning a very simple dinner date for people who love quality time. You know, it's like very little things that you can do to help you guys kind of like be loved by each other in the way that the person needs to be loved by. And I will say, even if you do share the same love language, for example, me and my boyfriend, we both are quality time. He's actually quality activities. He'll drag me around town and be like, oh my God, I'm so happy. And then I'm there sulking, be like, but we're not having quality conversations. They're not deep, you know? So like, you can still have different dialects within love languages, which is just interesting. It's like, it's fascinating. That's so funny because I feel the exact same way. I'll be sitting there like watching a movie and he's like, oh, I was like, I want to spend quality time together. I'll say it out loud. And he'll be like, what do you mean? I'm, I've been sitting next to you for the last hour. You don't get it. And I'm like, no, we're not spending quality time. He's like, I am literally sitting next to you. And I'm like, don't get it. Yeah. But I think with, with all of these 
assessments, love languages, personality tests. It's not to say what's more compatible. The whole idea is so that you understand where someone else is coming from, what's natural for them, what's their preference, and how much are you willing to then reach to the other side to understand them better. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts about living together before getting married? I will say when I was younger, I thought it was like it needed to happen because like, oh, you need to get to know how this person is and how they live and if their like toilet is like over or under and like, (laughs) you know, just like all these little things of like just making sure they're a sane person. But I think like as I got older, got more in touch with my values and all that, I feel like, you know, even with my partner now, this is a conversation that we've had because he thinks it's good. And he'd like to. But then for me, it's like, I think I know this person well enough to know that no matter what happens, we'll be able to work through. So now in my life, I don't think it's necessary. And I won't do that. I also know my parents would not like that. But it's more like it's more coming from me. If this is something that I believed in and my parents were against it, I may have still done it. But I think this is something that I also believe in that I've gauged and I've understood this person who I can see myself being with long term. So that to me is enough. I have friends who are living with their significant Mm -hmm. other and it's working out fine for them. Mm -hmm. And I have friends who have never lived with their significant others. And for me personally, I have always wanted to enter that chapter in my life in a more traditional way. So getting engaged, moving in together, and then starting a family, that's just a personal preference though. I don't think there's wrong or right. But I do think that when you make that commitment, these little things aren't deal breakers anymore, right? Like maybe what would be a deal breaker when you're living together? Like if if they're super messy, for example. Yeah. I don't know. Like, well, that's the thing. Like, I don't, should I call James? Like, what's the deal breaker? Maybe just like seeing how they live, how they really spend their time. Even if you're living in the same city, you guys are just seeing each other, you know, a couple of times a day, a couple pockets throughout the day, but it's not like living together. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, though, living with anyone is going to be hard. Like yeah. you are going to fight. You yeah. are going to get annoyed Absolutely. with so many things that they do. But the relationship is like beyond that. You know, it's like it's about communication. It's about resolving conflict. It's like communicating your needs. But yeah, hmm. it looks like we have one more question. When do you know that a relationship is over? Womp womp. I think you just know. I think you know, but it takes time for you to accept it. I think the moment you're like, oh man, I don't know, that's already, it's just going to follow that trajectory. I think the relationship probably was ending months before leading to a breakup because getting to a place of going through a breakup is very hard for both parties. Even if you know that you don't want to be with this person anymore, it's listening to your intuition, being true to yourself. And figuring out what you really want out of a partner in your life. I do think it's a knowing feeling too. Mm -hmm. That this person isn't. You don't see a future with them. Because I feel like it's the fundamental of relationships, right? It's like two people trying to make it work. As soon as one person stops trying, it's kind of like how you can't change a person. You can try to communicate that you feel this way. As soon as one person checks out, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Okay, that was fun. 
That was really fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for the questions. So if you guys have any other questions for us, whether it's romantic and beyond, you can email us your questions at hello at voicehugspodcast.com. And we'll see you guys, hear you guys in the next episode. Voice hugs. Voice hugs. Bye. Bye.